Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift, episode 327, and I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and hey, I'll pump for the show as I always am, because with me, as always am, it's the light bear, the light bringer, the light bear, bringer, the beastmaster, Third Shift, it's Eric, and he's here to tell us how his week was. Hey, Mr. Eric, how was your week this week? This week's been fantastic. It's been great. It's been wonderful. Actually, the work side of it hasn't been. It's been pretty, a lot of work, a lot of weird crap going on, so the week at work... Not the best week I've ever had, but not the worst either. Now, in the real life, it's been pretty good. It's been weird, though, because, you know, in our show notes, it's always like, like what have you done this week? What have you played? You know, and I go, and I was sitting there, and I was looking, I was like, what have I played this week? And I went, I don't think I've done much, to be quite honest. I played World of Warcraft, and I've been leveling up in that, hanging out with my brother, just shooting the schnips, doing quest by quest, having a good time, which I love. But uh, as you guys know, I don't really discuss too much on that because there's not much to discuss. It's just, it's what an MMO is. You go level up, you do quests, and you roam around. But I've been enjoying the hell out of that. I'm like, what have I done on the PlayStation? And so I went on. I went on PlayStation. Okay, no, 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 no. I did play some Overwatch too, which is a rarity. So we got in there. We finally had a night of Overwatch and had some fun. Which is something we don't do very often. I guess you're right. We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> As always, I barely remember. Yeah. So we got on to Overwatch 2. Me and Matt had a good time. A few hours or two and a half hours. Right around that, you know, and played some Overwatch. Had a lot of great matches. We started off with uh, what we always end up doing when we want to drink beers is just playing Total Mayhem. But very quickly, Matt went, I don't want to do this. And he started doing quick play. And then the whole night just was quick play. Which... To my surprise, ended up being pretty decent because we actually had a pretty good win ratio. You know, it's it's fifty fifty, maybe even better, but at least fifty fifty. Whereas the total mayhem, we got really wrecked that first round. We did. I think I was also irritated by the fact of you know I wanted to browse around you know the new battle pass. I wanted to look in the store. I wanted to look at stuff. Mm-hmm. And every time you win or lose an arcade match, oh hey, uh, go go set it up again and let me back out of all the stuff that it actually did leave open for me. And go back into the queue, and then go back over to Total Mayhem, and then, oh, okay, now I'll start going back. Oh, now I'm in the game again. Okay, F it. We're doing quick play so I can do whatever I want to do in between the matches. And so we're also not just in the pool with four other people and just like we always talk about. Yeah. So we didn't do a lot of Total Mayhem, but that's fine. We had a lot of fun in the quick play. Had a great time there. I was really hoping for this Friday. We're doing the same. Unfortunately... Uh, real life stuff's happening, so I don't know when I'm getting home or what's happening in that particular night. But anywho's, I also played Forspoken Demo. Got in there, finally got a hold of it. You know, Game Awards is a big thing, announcement. Forspoken Demo is up right now for you to play. Very excited. Popped it on there, got it downloaded, and I played it. And I mean, I'm sure Matt will talk about it too, but I'll say it right here. Like, I'm, I'm mixed. I like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the combat of it. I hope that the locking system gets like refined a little bit and it's a little bit easier to you know go from target to target or it doesn't matter so much. Uh, the environments were awesome. Looked great to me. I know a lot of people have been saying they look like garbage compared to like Horizon Forbidden West or something, but to me it looked great. It looked fun. It looked, you know, respectable. I had I had a good time in it. The only other complaint I had was that there were no NPCs. The world was very empty. And I'm hoping that's remedied in the real game because this is like just a little snippet, a little thing they got you, know, a little pool to play in and just kind of experience what the game is. So I don't think they actually had it populated the way the game's going to be. However, if it is like that, it will be disappointing, but I don't think it's going to be. I just want to make sure that I say as long as more NPCs are in this and that they uh, maybe work on that locking system a little bit, I'm all for it. I had a good time with it. I like the demo probably going to have it and buy it and play it day one so very cool that they put it out there 
And then, of course, last but not least. No, no, no. Oh, Matt oh, will indeed talk you about gonna, it. He's going to talk about it right now. Because okay, you're a sucker and you're a buster. Because this was awesome. It was a ton of fun. I went on some dude on Twitter who was talking about something else. And I'm like, ooh, I played the Forspoken demo. I think this sucks. It's a trash garbage game. Ha ha, never going to buy it. All the replies in this thing, never going to buy it. This looks like crap. Oh, I didn't even play it, but you said it's crap, so I'm not going to buy it. You're all losers. This was a ton of fun. It was great. It was fun. This guy who said the demo sucked went, oh, I didn't even know you could change your magic around. That's the first tutorial you get in the goddamn demo. People can't read, Matt. People can't read. What is the U.S.'s like average reading level? I think it's like 7th or 8th grade at best. If that. Anyway, if that. <laughs> I, I'm not just trying to be an argumentative jerk, but I loved it. I had a ton of fun. You know, we've talked about Forspoken here and there on the show when they reveal something. And I've like been cautiously optimistic, like getting slightly hyped each time we see stuff. Now that I've played it, man, I am so hyped. I love the little magic wheel, all the different stuff you can do, all the different ways you can even work with the different magics that you get. I was, it, I was having an absolute blast. Now, the combat was pretty simple in the demo because you're just mostly fighting like shambling zombie type things and some birds but i did go and fight the big lizard which was a little more difficult but man when you put down that stuff's coming in whoosh ring of fire everything outside is dead because they're just shambling into it everything inside you're ducking and dodging and moving and flying oh i loved it i hope the characters are pretty good i hope the story is at least decent enough but i can already tell from the skill tree from the unlocks, from the fact that there's stuff around in the world to collect and grab. It's going to be one of those games that I'm just going to be... I have a feeling I'm just going to be going nuts over. Maxing out all the skills, doing all the things, reading all the books, finding all the things. I got really hyped for this one. I really enjoyed it. So there you got two two mostly positive ends of the I was going to say I'm positive, just not. I, I still I still want to see, make sure that the MP, the world's populated. That's all I care about. That's the honest. The the other complaints minor, but if the whole world is like just nothingness, that, that it will bug me. I, I hope for some NPCs. Well, I think I mean we've seen in some of the just the trailers, we've seen towns and people. Mm-hmm. But what I want to see is that goddamn surfboard. Because in the last gameplay reveal or trailer or something, she had like a little hoverboard type magic thing she could zoom around on, and I mean. The magic parkour was fun enough just running around the world. But when I'm zooming and jumping and doing, I'm assuming, doing flips and tricks on this magical surfboard thing, oh, it's just, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. So hopefully that is the case. Hopefully it is wonderful. I can't wait to find out. It is one of the big games we're going to be playing earlier in this year. And then, of course, with that being said, the next game I played just came out, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. But I will say FF7, you know, Crisis Core, Reunion, all that good stuff. It is out. It is here. I got my hands on it. And holy mackerels, man, I'm in it. Like, it just instantly grabbed me, instantly took me into the Final Fantasy VII world. And then the way they re, you know, redid it, redid everything, uh, the, the CG stuff isn't. They literally just took everything from the old PSP version and put for CG stuff and put up top, popped it right back in. Which is kind of weird, because then when you go to the actual in-game stuff, the in-game character models look better than the CG models do. So it's kind of backwards and a little bit strange. But as soon as I started playing, it didn't matter to me, even one iota. Because this game is so much fun. The battle system is so freaking fun. And, and it always surprises me. Because, well, I'll tell you later. How the battle system works... It's just fantastic, and it makes for just a lot of like weird, random, fun, enjoyable moments. Just a great game. I can't wait. I just want to play it nonstop. It's so good to have something again that I'm like, oh, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't care about watching shows. I don't care about anything. Let me just go play this game. I don't care. Let me just quit and go play. Can I just please stop and play this game? Stop it. Don't talk to me. Don't do this. I don't want to do that. It's awesome to have that again. Because that's the feeling I used to have like all the time, basically. It was like a perpetual state. But as I get older, it's harder and harder to get that feeling now for games. But right now, I got it. And I can't wait, man. I can't wait to play it again. FF7, you know, Crisis Core, fantastic game. Can't wait to get in there and play it. I'll talk to you a little bit more about it very, very soon. But that's been my week. Here we are, Thursday. What about you, Matt? What have you been up to? 
Well, just like you, Eric, I am in that exact same position with a game that I'm going to talk about later, and I'll get to that a little bit later. But over the weekend, I went and saw Violent Night at my favorite Regal Cinema. It was a blast. It was a lot of fun. I will say it feels, and I'm sure this was the intent, it feels like like I'm watching a 90s movie. Like there's a lot of setup and a lot of stuff before you get to the thing that you're there to see. And I was like, oh man, this is really, really feels like it's dragging. But then when it got to the thing that you are there to see, (laughs) mom could tell you because she went with me. I was literally pumping my fists in the air in the theater because it was so good. It was so great. There's two... Just amazing moments. I can't spoil them. I won't spoil them. If any, I mean, if you know the premise of the movie, you, you'll get why it's so awesome. But just a great time. I had a ton of fun with it. It was awesome. It It is funny, though, because it is basically a remake of a different of another 90s movie. And I won't say which one because that will spoil plot elements of it. But when you see it, if you've seen this other movie, you'll go, oh, it's literally the plot of nah. But anyway, a great time, a great show. The very next day, Totally different tone, totally different thing. Went to the Lansing Symphony Orchestra's Holiday Pops concert. All the holiday classics, big symphony orchestra. They had a great singer up there doing, again, holiday classics. A great time. Then on the video game front, I'm going to start off on high. I finally beat and 100% completed Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster on stream. Had a ton of fun with it. Had to go back for, it was maybe only an hour to clean up the last couple achievements. Just felt good. Felt right. I mean, seeing that game the best that it can possibly be, you know, as cleaned up as possible in 1080p here on my beautiful new screen with all the awesome orchestrated music, the ending was just as good as I wanted it to be. I was just sad that you didn't get as much of Dancing Mad as you normally would, like fighting at a regular level because I'm just OP because that's just how I roll. So just nuking all the way up to the tower, absolutely destroying Kefka. But man, that ending is just... It's unlike anything else. I love it. It's great. And it hit hit all the moments. It gave me chills. It was great. Moving on to Final Fantasy VII eventually. But after that, I've just been in a funk. I don't want to play anything. I look at Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I go, ah, not today. I look at Persona 5 Strikers and I go, ah, not today. I look at Triangle Strategy and I go, ah, not today. But yesterday I finally did, or two days ago, whenever it was. I went, okay, Triangle Strategy, okay, here we go. Got through a couple battles, got some more story segments. I'm kind of back in it, but I'm still just feeling like a funk. Okay, what can I do? If I'm just going to sit here and stare at the screen and not play a video game, there's a video game I can play that I don't really have to pay that much attention to, and that's Loop Hero. So I did a few more loops, got unlocked a few more things in that. The game is always fun. I love playing that all the time. But then, man, I just sunk right back under the waves of funk again until... Forspoken demo came up, played that, had a lot of fun, just talked about that. And then another game just came out this week. This is the game I'm in the same boat with Eric, and I'm going to talk more about it later, but it's high on life. It came out free on Game Pass. I downloaded it to my poor forgotten Xbox Series S, which has been sitting for maybe a month. I haven't gotten onto the Game Pass like I should have. And I downloaded it, and that funk, it was all around me. It was like a big like suit of armor all around me. And High on Life went, hey, man, and it poked at me. And I went, mm, uh, no. And it kept poking. And it kept poking, and it poked harder. And I went, <laughs> and then my, my little chuckle turned into a laugh, which turned into a guffaw, which turned into a big old belly laugh. It was great. And I, I shouldn't say let it, it poked at me like that, because this game starts off with just the best thing ever. The intro is amazing, and I love it. It's the best game of 2022, the intro alone. This this thing that I won't spoil. It's wonderful. It had me laughing out loud. But every time, ever since, I come back, come back from work in a funk, I start playing it. That's when it breaks down that wall and it scratches right through and it goes, hey, remember fun and laughter? And I go, I do remember fun and laughter high on life. Thank you so much. And now, just like Eric said, I can't wait to play it. Every time I come home, I'm rubbing my hands together. Oh. I'm going to get some high on life in today. How many times, Eric, already have I said to you at work, God, I could be home playing high on life right now. And I punch the desk and I go, ah, that's all I want to do. So many times because that game is so much fun. And I'll talk about it later because that's all I did this week. 
that I can remember anyway. But Eric's got some more to say about Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion. I do indeed. It is out, everybody. If you've got yourself one of them newfangled systems, you can go play it right now. It is out and available for everybody. What it is, it's the old PSP Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core remade, remastered, whatever you want to call it. Basically what they did is they just redid everything except for the CGs and just boom, there you go. You get this crisp, beautiful landscape and characters just like you do out of Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake. And it's everything I wanted it to be. All right. If you don't know, this story takes place before FF7 and, of course, covers Zack. You are Zack, the main character here, whom, if you have played FF7, know that Cloud used to hang out with him and was, you know, a soldier under his command, basically, before he had his problems and then he kind of like... Spoilers, dude. You can't say yeah. that. Spoilers. It's, you know, come on. By now, if you haven't played FF7 or FF7 Remake, you, you just... But you don't know that in Remake yet. You don't know. You haven't even gotten to that part in Remake yet. Come on care. now. You know what? You, you know what, people? Listen. You're missing out on a great game. You should have been there for it. Matt, you can put in a spoiler alert. Fine. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just saying. This game's been out forever. <laughs> But you are Zach, and you get to hang out with, of course, Sephiroth in this, which is really, really cool. Because, of course, in FF7, Sephiroth is already kind of a bad guy from the word go, or at least misunderstood, whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter. But in this one, he's still a hero. You know, he's still the, the man, the myth, the legend himself. So you get to see a different angle on Sephiroth, and, of course, you get to see a different angle on Soldier in general because you're actually still working with Soldier and that whole program, and your base is actually right there in Midgar, so you're you're in the corporation going up and down the steps doing the things. But what's super cool about it is the action combat is just fantastic. Instead of being turn-based or even like FF7 Remake, you're out there, you're cutting and slashing, you're moving and grooving, and you're you're pulling up the little wheel and popping up material. But it's it's done just a little bit differently. And then on top of that, you get this really, and this is what I was talking about earlier, the little randomness. You have this little Russian roulette little thing, like a little uh, casino thing going with these three knobs, just constantly rolling. And they'll eventually spin out into something, you know. And if you get like 777 or 555 or this character, this character, this character you'll get limit breaks. You'll get different limit breaks, and then not only just different limit breaks, but depending on if you get two of them or three of them, you'll get the maximum limit break of that limit break. So it adds a whole element of kind of just random combat to everything. A boss fight you're in, having some trouble with, really tearing you apart, you're getting unlucky with this random rolls, and it's kind of just giving you, like, you know, endure, 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 or whatever, and you get beat, but you come back. And all of a sudden, boom, you're getting you're getting summons. Because, once again, summons are also part of this. So, like, say, for instance, you get Ifrit. All of a sudden, now Ifrit's part of the rolls up in there. And if he rolls all three Ifrits, boom, you get to summon Ifrit, do Hellfire, huge damage. It's awesome. If you never get that roll right, though, you'll never get it. Just like you'll never get some of the limit breaks, that stuff going on. So it makes combat very, very dynamic and weird because... Depending on what that thing's rolling, that could change that battle dramatically. But at the core of it all, even with those rolls being bad, you get to build your own material the way you want, and the material has different attributes. So it'll have like different attack to the pluses, and uh, then of course you can master it, then it's different levels at its base core level. So you're always going to, like say you have fire level 9 with attack plus 1, in a random chest or whatever, you might get fire level 12 with attack plus 2 at its base. So you're going to want to go ahead and get rid of that old one. You're going to want to pop the new one in. You're going to want to master that one out because that's way better than the previous one. But then later in the game, you're going to get the next, the next, the next, the next, the next. So you're always improving your materia. You're always wanting to utilize the materia so you can master it and have it at its best. But you always know you're going to end up replacing it with the next best thing. So you're always chasing that. And then, of course, speaking of chasing, in this game, you have the main story. And it'll always tell you, here's what you need to do for the next part. And at any time, you can go to a save point or the uh, the mission board or whatever, and you can stop doing the main story. And there'll be missions, 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 missions all over the place from all the different places you've gone, different requests, stuff like that. And you can just completely stop the main game 
and go do missions. And on these missions, they're very short, small snippets. I'm talking some of them are 5 minutes, some of them are 12, 15 minutes. But none of them are ever past that, which I appreciate. Because it allows you just to keep like nitpicking away. And you can do a billion. If you got hours to play, you can just do a billion missions and get all sorts of cool rewards. Materia, potions, X-potions, you know, Phoenix Downs, all sorts of stuff. And then a boot while you're doing it, you're leveling. So Zach will level up. But at the end of it all, the game has wonderful music. And a lot of it's just straight from FF7. So the nostalgia is just going to hit you over and over again. And on, and then, of course, like I said, the new environments and you actually being part of Soldier and actually loving Soldier instead of, you know, vice versa where you're at, from the word go against the whole institution. Very, very cool. Just the whole viewpoints. And I haven't got to the other parts, which are spoilers, so I won't go into that. But there's some stuff you're going to see and experience which you never get to see, you only get hinted at via other characters from FF7. So, very, very cool, very, very fun. I'm just completely enthralled with this game. Can't wait. Like I said, right before we were doing this, I was on there, you know, getting notes around, doing stuff. But before that, I was playing and just doing missions. And I got to this point where I'm supposed to explore a town and just have fun and do some stuff. Nope. I was in there, mission, 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 mission. Getting all sorts of material, getting all sorts of skill sets. Going all the way to the point where I, you know, was getting my butt kicked. A very fun system. I really hope everybody gives this a shot. If you liked FF7 and you were in on that, I don't think there's any way you will not enjoy this game. So definitely check it out because I'm having a fantastic time with it. And if you're sick of playing casino roulette games, I, su- I swear I'd never do a slot machine ever again in my life after getting that sensor achievement in Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster. You can run on over to High on Life, which dropped on the 13th, developed and published by Squanch Games for PC and Xbox only. Nowhere else. Come on over. And the best thing, like we always say on the show, free on Game Pass. If you got Game Pass, you got no excuse not to try this out. If you know who Squanch Games is, that's Justin Roiland. That's the Rick and Morty guy. That's his games company. And I will say this, you know, before I go into how much I love this game, because, you've, you've, well, you've already heard, I love this game. Humor is subjective. If you like the style of humor, you're probably going to like this game. If you don't like the style of humor, you're probably not going to like this game. If you don't know, like I've seen one season of Rick and Morty. I thought it was pretty good, but I barely remember it now. Give it a shot, especially if you got Game Pass. Try it out. See if this is for you. Because it's definitely for me. And I can't say too much about the story because I'm not going to spoil it for myself because I'm playing it and having a good time. But basically, you're a kid. You're just living your life. Your parents went away for a trip. And then, boom, suddenly aliens appeared. They're in your neighborhood. They're zapping up people. What ultimately is happening is these aliens are representatives of a big crime cartel, the G3 cartel. And they found out that they can turn humans into a drug. And so that's what they're here for. They're here to enslave humans. They're here to just snatch them all up, turn them into drugs. And you befriend a talking gun named Kenny. And he's there. He's like, oh, man, they they came to my planet. They, They enslaved all my people. They killed everybody. And now they're here to do the same thing to you. Let's fight back. Let's do it. And through a series of small events, because it's the beginning of the game, you shoot off into space with your house, with your sister, to a whole new world full of all these crazy looking aliens. You become a bounty hunter and now you're after the G3 cartel. And it's kind of, you know, stage or level based where you're going after this person in the cartel. You go through a portal door on your little bounty 5000 and now you're on a new planet and you're doing all kinds of new stuff, running around, shooting stuff, finding out what's going on here, tracking down your lead, killing them, going back to your home base, earning credits going and getting upgrades, all that kind of stuff. All the usual good stuff. You're running, you're shooting, you're using abilities. And the whole time, crazy stuff is happening. Crazy, hilarious dialogue from NPCs, from your enemies, from billboards, from commercials, from things that are out in the world, from the TV that you can watch in your house, from your gun, from everybody. And it's just great. Like I said, humor's completely subjective. Not every joke always lands for me. But so many do. And I I have a blast when I play this game. It's just hilarious. Now, if if I go down to just the gameplay aspects of it, so far, because I only just unlocked the second weapon right now, it's a lot of running and shooting. I have Knifey, so he allows a little bit of traversal stuff. But it's nothing mind-blowing yet. But what I love is 
in that first planet that I've completed so far. Well, I've beat the boss, but there's more left to do. Even as I was going through it, I would look over here. Oh, by this waterfall. What's that on the wall there? There's a weird texture right there. Hmm. That's obviously something, because right next to it is the lug locks, which is a treasure chest, essentially, which are hidden all over the world. So there's something I need to do to interact with this weird textured wall piece to get over to that lug locks. But I don't know what that is yet. So, go on through the level, do-do-do-do-do. Kill the guy at the end. Oh, now I have a new talking gun, a new little buddy. And he goes, hey, hey, my deal is I shoot out these discs and they stick into the wall. Try it right there. And he points you over to that weird looking texture. Aha. Now, even though I have the planet completed, I did the thing I'm supposed to do. Now I know there's two or three or four or five or ten different areas I can go back to with the little disc dude. Thunk, 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 shoot it into the wall. Zip over there with knifey. Now I'm opening up the lug locks as I'm getting more loot, you know, more money, more stuff to upgrade my stuff. It's just scratching all the itches right now. You know, you get a little bit of exploring just with your base abilities. And then you see just beyond your reach, your figurative reach, there's something else out there too. I'm going to need something. I'm going to remember this and come back. It's almost Metroidvania style. It's, I mean, it's not really because you drop in and there's a beginning and an end. But you know you can go back there. Like I finished off that planet and when I came back and collected the bounty... The little dude who's helping you out even goes, ah, yeah, you can just go back to all those planets if you want. You can farm for money or explore or do all kinds of stuff. And I went, that's perfect. That's what I'm going to do every single time. As soon as I unlock something new, going back to that first planet, I'm going to do all the stuff. It's just a blast. I'm having a ton of fun with this game. I can't wait to get more little gun dudes. And I don't know. I was debating whether to say this on the show because it sounds stupid. But just having a little friendly creature dude hanging around with you as you're running around and shooting, or just, like me, scouring every inch of the environment. It's just kind of nice. It's kind of cool, like you're hanging out with your little gun dude. Every now and then, he'll say some stuff to you, and sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's helpful. If you don't like the guns talking to you, this won't affect me, obviously, but they have patched in a setting where you can make them talk less, make them talk more. I don't know, it's just a... It's a fun, charming game to me. I have fun hanging out with my little gun dudes and running around this crazy world and occasionally bumping into people and having conversations with them where you have little dialogue options. Like it pops up on the screen a little, you know, your D-pad. Press this way to ask this, press that way to say this, up and down, same thing. I don't know. It's just a ton of fun right now. I'm having a blast. It's pulled me out of my gaming funk because just like you said with Final Fantasy VII, Crisis Core, I just want to play this. And it's bright and it's colorful. Everything's just a ton of fun. Again, humor subjective. You might really love this game just like I am right now. You might really not, not like this game, but give it a shot. If you got the game pass, you definitely have to give it a shot. There's no reason not to. And you might just find a fantastic game. And you know what? If you don't love Buck Thunder, then we can't be friends. If you don't at least love the intro to this game... It's over. Then, then just turn it off right now and get out, get out of my house. Don't listen to the podcast anymore. That's a lie. You should still subscribe and download every episode. But yeah, I'm having a ton of fun with it. I can't wait to play it. I wish I had more time between when I got home and when we do the show so I could actually play it because I feel like I'm going to miss out. But as soon as this show is done, I'm going to go play High on Life. And you should too. Last thing, last thing before I'm done. There's so many things. I was thinking... You know, it's a comedy game. How well is it going to hold up, you know, for repeated playthroughs? If I go through it again, you know, in a couple months, is it going to be any fun? There's so many things people are posting about on Twitter that I didn't do, you know, little interactions. I'll, I'll spoil this one little bit because I retweeted it. Kenny's telling you, oh my God, here's the G3. We got to fight because they're going to kill us if you don't. If you pause the game and then unpause it, they go, what the f*** did you do? Why'd you just pause the game? That's not helping. Uh, what the hell are you doing? So it's so meta, back and forth. And there's so many little things that you can find in the environment, in the area, in just the game mechanics like that. I can't wait to find more and more stuff and just have, even if I don't bust out laughing, just awesome kind of interactions that you won't have in any other game other than something like this. So go check out High on Life. It's getting... Pretty good reviews from some major outlets, from some outlets that don't like funny things and, 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 and don't enjoy laughing. It's been getting some bad ones, but that just shows you. Comedy subjective. What, what have I been saying this whole time? Check it out. See if it's for you. Get high on life.
Bam, 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 bam. Woo! Those are two fantastic games that you all need to go check out. I can't wait to play High on Life. I just got to get uh, Game Pass back up and running, and I'll be there checking it out too because I know I'm going to love it. I love that type of humor. It is right up my alley. And of course, speaking of which, man, another thing right up my alley is the Game Awards and games, fresh games coming out. What's hype? What's new? What's coming? The Game Awards, they took place. It all happened. It feels like two weeks ago. It does, yeah. To be honest with you, for whatever reason, I keep going, why are we talking about this this week? It should be over. I thought we already did this. We haven't. And then we haven't even done it in real life either because we haven't talked about it. Yeah, we haven't talked about anything in real life, yeah. So here we are. The Game Awards happened. Man. Man, what'd you th- what'd you think? What's going on? Where are we at? Do you want to dive right into the releases? What do you, do you want to give an overall? What do you, what do you got going on over there? Well, I don't really want to talk about the awards that much. There's not much to say. Yeah, games won, games lost. I will say, as every year though, I have the sheet right here from our lovely patron SLBSRD Patreon.com/slash/ThirdShiftMe. She wrote down the picks and the guesses, and I hate to inform you, Eric, but I've won again. I'm just, I'm just that good. I just I'm think just it's false. You know, I think, I think what happens, of course, is this patron likes this person more, and so I think, like, you know, some magic's happening here. <laughs> I mean, you can justify, you can justify in your incompetence as much as you care to, Eric. That's fine. It's just, oh, I won't say what I was going to say, but the show is fun. The show is great. Let's just jump into all the hype releases and, and reveals and all the things, because that's what's most exciting about the show. That's what I text you about. That's what you text me about. Check this out. It's looking awesome. It's looking great. I'm going to start with a small one for me, because I know it's definitely a me thing. And that's a game called Viewfinder, which looks like something like Gorogoa, or I think Antichamber did this too. There's another indie game that does stuff like this, where you're manipulating pictures kind of on the screen, and then as you back off, that picture becomes part of the world, where you're manipulating some kind of thing. Like you look through some binoculars and something's closer, and then your character moves out of the binoculars, and then you can walk just straight to the thing, because now it's here. It's hard to explain in words. Definitely go check out the trailer. It looks like just puzzly indie game greatness. I was so excited to watch it, and I wrote it down with a little star. I'm a beautiful piece of paper like I do every time. It got me excited, and a, and a perfect little just, I think that was maybe even on the pre-show, just a little appetizer mm, for the awesomeness yet to come. What's one you got, Eric? So I got an early one, and that's Dead Cells Return to Castlevania DLC. I saw the Dead Cells, you know, guy come up, and I was like, all right, you know, Dead Cells. I, I really like the game, never beat it. It was too hard for me. Whatever. And then all of a sudden, you get this Castlevania music. You got freaking Trevor or Richter. I think it was Richter in there. And, of course, uh, Alucard having having a blast. They went to town with this. This this trailer hit, and I just was, like, stunned. And, of course, busting in there, fighting. You know, they're fighting the Dead Cells dude. And then he blasts him right out. He goes right into freaking Dracula's little room. And Dracula gets up with his typical his wine glass going. And he comes up. And all of a sudden, Dead Cells, man, he just flips right back. Instantly joining parties with the other two. And they go to town trying to beat Dracula. And I went, I got to play this again. I got to play this again. Because I own all of Dead Cells DLCs, everything. Because I was... I really wanted to play and beat this game, but I just suck too much and can't do it. But for the Castlevania DLC, I cannot not get in there because it's got like 50 new reimagined song, new and reimagined songs from Castlevania. It's got like, of course, the new biomes. It's got all sorts of crap, new weapons, everything for you to enjoy. And that just sounds flipping fantastic because I love Castlevania. And I, I really want to love Dead Cells, like I said. So I don't think I can pass this one up, even though I have a terrible track record with Dead Cells so far. But yeah, definitely got my attention. Started the night off really strong, really good. Now we're going to go from stuff from the very beginning to the very end, because I'm, I'm going to build up to my most hype one. And I'm going to, I'm going to say towards the end, we got a reveal of Warhammer 40K Space Marine 2. I have always, 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 always wanted to play Space Marine 1. I've seen so many reviews of it, so much gameplay. It looked just like fun, smashing, brutal action, just shooting and slashing your way through hordes and hordes of hordes of, you know, space orcs and, and space robots and space zombies and all the, all the Warhammer 40K stuff. But now Space Marine 2 is coming, and it looks like more of the same. 
in the best way possible. Just absolute crazy chaos, shooting and smashing and grabbing and bashing. It just it hit all the boxes of just you know. Here's just a a big and I don't mean this in a bad way. Just a big dumb action game where you're just punching and crashing through waves upon waves of uh, just meat grinding up people. Just oh, I don't know. I haven't played like something big and fast and frenetic in a while, and this looked like it was going to scratch that itch. So, being in the same boat you are, Mr. Matt, here's one that I'm hopeful for, but I don't know enough yet to get super stoked about it. But that, of course, is one that Gearbox is publishing, and that's Remnant 2, okay? It's a looter shooter coming out, published by Gearbox, not developed, but this trailer got me really excited because it has this really, really like dark vibe, more realistic than of course anything Gearbox does. They're always really cartooning, you know, over the top and wild. This trailer is definitely a, you know, first person shooter. You're going in there, going nuts, getting different weapons, doing all sorts of stuff. But the baddies were just these gruesome, just defiled looking creatures. And it got me just really amped up. And I, in a whole trailer, Matt, I figured it was going to be multiplayer, but in the beginning of that trailer, it didn't show it at all. It just kept showing first-person stuff, going through this, going through that, and I'm like, Sir, uh, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then toward, right towards the end, finally, there was a boss fight or whatever, and you saw another another player on this right side, and you were two were smoking this boss and then jumping out of the way of this big freaking beam thing it was doing or whatever. And I went, this... This might be it. This could be it. This could be a new game. Since we're hearing literally nothing about Wolfenstein, which we've talked about before, this might be a game we can play because it's being released on the PS5, all the new systems, all that good stuff. And it's uh, developed by Gunfire Games, which I don't know much about, but I'll tell you, the trailer looked really good. Yeah, I was definitely hyped for this one. I've never played the first Remnant, but Near I know by. it's kind of, I've heard people, you know, the most reductive thing people say is like Dark Souls with guns. Well, if the guns are a lot of fun and you're getting new gear and upgrades and stuff, I will smash my head against a tough boss with you and drink some beers when we mm-hmm. die and have some fun with it. So I'm I'm looking forward to that one too. And then, just like you said, that one's kind of one you, you have hopes for but you don't really know much about. That's going to be my next two, and I'll split them up or however we want to do it. Again, towards the end of the show, we saw a CG trailer for a game called Banishers, which was taking place, it looked like, maybe kind of like Viking days. And what I was surprised by was this was from the people who make the Life is Strange games. And it's all about, you know, what you think in the beginning of the trailer is a duo of people who go around and, you know, they they eradicate ghosts. and But it becomes more than that because you realize one of them is a ghost. So this guy is going around having these emotional talks or connections with the people. Why are there ghosts here? What's going on? It got me excited. As somebody who played a Life is Strange game for the first time this year and fell in love with it, what could they do with that kind of emotional storytelling in this totally different setting, totally different timeline, totally different atmosphere, because now there's ghosts and supernatural stuff? I'm excited. I hope this is really good, because it has a lot of potential. Sticking with that side of things, this Boulder's Gate 3, Matt, we talked about it as the show was progressing. We did a little Mm -hmm. texties. I've never I've seen people play Bowler's Gate. I've always watched Daniel or uh, or uh, Nicholas or, or whatever. They've always they love those games, and it was never my thing at the time. I wasn't a PC player, and that's where you could find those mostly. But I want to be a Bowler's Gate person, and Bowler's Gate Three looks amazing, and it looks like everything I knew it to be plus some because of course it's improved all sorts of stuff. But I want to get deep into the RPG systems and deep into that decision-making and, and character you know, building and team building and all the other crap that goes along with Boulder's Gate and all those nitpicky just moves and vibes and choices, etc., etc., that you can do in a Boulder's Gate. I want this to be my first time into Boulder's Gate and then become you know, the Boulder's Gate fanatic and swear that I've loved it forever and just lie like I've been a fan forever. I want I want this to be where I jump in and then pretend forevermore that I was always there. I'm 100% in the same boat with you on this one and with Boulder's Gate in particular because I've seen videos of it. I've seen other people play it, but I've never been a PC gamer, so I've never been able to play it. Watching this, I texted these words to you and maybe I'm being too reductive again, but I said, this looks like Dragon Age before they ruined it. 
everything I loved about Dragon Age Origins, it looks like this, because I know Dragon Age came from that tradition. So I'm excited to play this, get back into that old school Dragon Age type of feel, decisions, conversations, all that stuff, all the, all the good things. I can't wait for it. And another one I'm hopeful for, there's not much else to say. I mean, it was a CG trailer, but Judas, which is by Ken Levine, who is from Bioshock fame, all the Bioshocks, well, the two that he did are fantastic. So I can't wait to see what other kind of world he creates for this. Just the, the character designs, the world design that you could see just in the trailer got me interested. And then knowing that it's from him and his team, it got me excited. So I'm hoping to see good things from Judas. Yeah, that's what I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, Bioshock 1, I played like halfway through. Bioshock 2, I played like a quarter of the way through. I don't know what it is. I know they're great games, but I've never been able to stick to them. And same with Bioshock Infinite. I played like a quarter of that, and I can't I can't finish them. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't get me to stay, but I understand that they're amazing. So this, when I saw it announced, went, okay, here's another shot. Here's another chance. Maybe this will be the magic one. We'll see. But a game, a little one I won't say too much about, but it has promise, and that's the Hellboy. That Hellboy trailer hit, and... I was digging it. I was like, okay, I can get behind this. I like the cool, you know, action, the combat, how it was, you know, returning punch after punch and then dodging, moving out of this and that. I said it's going to be like a roguelite action adventure. I don't know how I feel about, like, the roguelite portion of it, but I like the way it looks visually. And, of course, I've always been, you know, a mild fan of Hellboy. It's always been something that I'd love to see more of. So when this uh, was talked about, I was like, Okay, I'm going to put this on the little radar to keep an eye on, get some more in-depth gameplay, you know, looks at it, maybe see and read a couple interviews, see what they're talking about. So it's definitely a watcher, I'd say, if you're into that kind of like back-and-forth action adventure. But, like I said, roguelite, so I don't know what that entails. Well, you sort of do, but you know what I mean, like for this game, what it'll entail. And next up for me, it's it's another small indie game that I feel like we've seen more like these in recent years where... I want to know the story of this world and then also what it is we're doing in it. It's a game that was called After Us. I didn't put a star next to it, but I remember it. You're like this little tiny spirit and you're kind of restoring this post-apocalyptic world. I want to know about that world. I want to know what happened to it. Because it's like, you know, it's like after humans, there's, you see little things that are falling apart and you're kind of restoring them, restoring life to them. And I don't know why that's just a theme that's resonated with me lately, but it makes me curious to know about that world and explore it and see what you can do and what the ultimate aim of the game is. So that's one. It's on my radar. I'm going to add it to my Steam wish list right as soon as we get done with this. And then if it comes out and it's great, I'll definitely play it. If it's not, well, who knows? But at least it piqued my interest. It got me to write it down. I'm not going to forget about it. Indeed. And what I'm not forgetting about is Extremely Okay Games. They're the uh, makers of Celeste. They've got Earthblade coming, Matt. All right. And... I'm I want to be very excited for it, but the trailer didn't really give away a ton yet cuz I can't tell if that was like actually in game as you're playing combat and like action adventure or if they slowed it down or if they just slowed, you know, showed very very strange snippets. But what I'm getting at is I love Celeste. Never finished it. I'm at the very end of it. Still to this day never finished cuz I refuse to put it on easy and get through a couple spots that are just kicking my ass, kick my ass too many times. I don't want another Celeste. I don't want another, like, super fast, flying around, got to make, like, 17 jumps in succession, quick crit. I want a classic, like, Mega Man-type adventure. And this game looks, from the trailer, like that. that's what it's going to be doing this time around. It's got these huge, really beautiful environments, and it looks like you are the main character, and you're going around slashing and attacking, and you're just dodging attacks. But it doesn't look like you're doing any kind of like super, triple, quadruple jumps flying around. I did see a double jump in there, you know, and I did see some wall climbing, but that's fine. A lot of games do that. As long as it stays slow-paced, kind of like what the trailer vibe was, I'm going to just buy this game day one and smoke it. But I need to see more, because if it turns into another Celeste, I might not. Even though I know it's wonderful and it is gorgeous and beautiful and a great game, I don't. I just don't got it in me anymore to do that super fast, crazy gaming stuff. And I don't like playing on easy. I know there's nothing wrong with playing on easy, but I've been that way since I was a kid. And I just, I just feel bad when I go to easy mode. I feel like I'm not getting what I was supposed to get out of the game. 
And so I don't want to do it. So I got to watch this game more. But Earthblade looks fantastic if you're in that old school vibe. So definitely check it out. Probably the last indie game before I start getting into the big games that I am super too hyped about. So that it has to, they have to be at the end. Again, it was a snippet. It was the first game that I wrote down. So it's probably on the pre-show. They didn't show a lot of it. But Valiant Hearts coming home, I'm excited for because I watched... I don't, I think I own it, but I never played it. The original Valiant Hearts. I watched Jesse Cox play it years upon years ago when it launched. And that's the kind of like exploration slash narrative based, you know, it's in World War One and you're a soldier trying to get home. Now it looks like in this one, you're two brothers and you're, and you're trying to get back home. The original game was great because it, it was kind of just a, a slow, kind of a melancholy exploration. You're picking up this, you're picking up that. You're learning history about World War One as you're taking this character on this journey. So if they could just flesh that out even more, maybe see stuff from both sides, any kind, of, any kind of things like that. I really love the original one. Like I said, never actually played it myself. But seeing more from that game, from that game studio, I, I want to come home with Valiant Hearts. Well, you want to jump into some big stuff, man. My first one, of course, is going to be Idris Alba is joining Cyberpunk 2077 in yeah. Phantom Liberty, the DLC that's coming up here pretty soon. I cannot wait. I've been itching for a reason to get back into that freaking city. Night City is just a beautiful place to be. And, of course, the story there was freaking wonderful. This looks like it's taking place before your ultimate choices, of course, mm. uh, in the previous one. But, oh, man, all the characters are back. Idris is joining the club, looking like you're going to be doing some work for him, trying to infiltrate this whole freaking new regime, this U.S. regime, whatever it is. I'm I'm just sold, like 100%. Watching that trailer, I was already sold before, but seeing that trailer, I went, God, just come out now so I can go back in. Please, please let me back in there. I absolutely agree with you. Like I was excited for it. When we first heard the details, I went, oh, that'll be cool. I can't wait to get back into Night City. And then physically seeing it with my physical eyeballs and hearing it with my physical ears, I went, man, this is just, I'm, I'm itching for it. I'm hungry for it. Hearing Johnny Silverhand's voice again, and then hearing Idris Elba's voice come out of that character, I was like, I can't wait to be sitting on my couch in there with the surround sound on and have him tell me what is going on with this mission, what's going on with this, with this world, with this new regime. I can't wait. And then, just like you said, seeing all the old characters again. I mean, I, won't, I wouldn't even care. I'll take a detour to leave this whole new area or wherever it takes place, go back to Judy's apartment where Cheetah's car, I guarantee, is still sitting there half-busted where I left it forever ago and visit her, see what's going on, and then just get back out and start kicking butt in Night City all over again. I'm not going to get my hopes up too much, Matt. I'm not going to get my hopes up too much, but I just pray to the gods that be that I can go see Pan Am and there'll be like another couple little dates or scenes or things to do with her mm-hmm. and just have a good time again, you know? Yeah. And, and I know obviously it's, it'll be pre whatever happened, but hopefully it's not so pre that it's before meeting her and doing everything. Mm-hmm. I hope that it's not that I doubt it will be because you, you met these characters pretty early on. So yeah. I hope they figured that out and there's a way to get that all incorporated. So you can go back and experience all your old haunts and things with, Maybe just, it doesn't have to be much, but just a little extra, a little extra something, something, just for everybody who's played the game. But if we're talking about games I'm hyped for, I can't not talk about Street Fighter VI, because they showed off new characters, new moves, new everything. It started off with the usual create a character stuff, you know, the custom characters doing the classic moves from all the other characters. But then they were showing off the new characters, and only two stick in my head right now. So I'm sorry for the third character. Oh, it was DJ. I'm sorry, DJ. DJ. You got I overshadowed. To you, the damn text. <laughs> <laughs> but DJ totally got overshadowed by the awesome ballerina girl, or, or modern day dancer, or whatever her background is. I didn't de- dig too deep into it because I don't want to know too much because I want to experience it. But the way she moved, the way she moved herself, and then you, like when she would hit that super combo, it was like effortless she's like moving you around in a dance kind of a way this is like dance fighting it just i don't know it was just really unique really cool looking and then the big old russian muscle mommy who was just smashing stuff and just brute force everywhere amazing wonderful it got me so psyched and like i always say i mean dj looked cool too i love dj he's awesome but just the style of that game 
it just takes me, I keep saying it, it takes me straight back to Street Fighter Three Third Strike. That hip-hop style, that just fun, colorful, flashy, boom, boom, boom. Speaking of Street Fighter Three, Sean's basketball parrying minigame. There's a clip of that in here. That's in there. I don't know what it's for. Maybe it's just to train something else. But there's so many bones they're throwing out. New characters, new moves, classic characters, classic moves. Here's a reference for you Street Fighter 3 fans from all the way back in the day. That's me. They put that in there just for people like me. It got me so hyped. I put a big old smiley face next to the star on that one. Well, I hope to put another big smile on your face, man, because I got invited yesterday to the closed beta of Street Fighter 6. So. All right, you need to give me the code. <laughs> I have the invitation to play it on PS5 uh, for the next three or four days, so basically over the weekend. So I can go ahead and get in there and play to my heart's content all weekend long. So what you're telling me is while you're at James's house and then at Kat's house on Friday, I'll just drive to your house and I'll just Jump come on in. down to the basement. I'll just come on in and hang and out. And play on for the next four or five hours oh, you know, yeah. for both days. Yeah. And then you can check it out for yourself. So I can't wait to tell you how good or bad it is. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic, obviously. Yeah. So looking forward to checking it out. You know me and fighting games. I've talked about it a billion times. But I do have a special spot in my heart for Street Fighter and Dead or Alive and Soul Calibur. Those have always been my favorites. So I, I look forward to it, even though it probably won't be my thing. But what will be is Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Matt. This trailer hit. God, man. Woo, boy, let me tell you, Cal Kestis is back, he's older, he's cut up, he's got some scars happening, he's doing a thing, and then my favorite part was just him stepping into a room, and the characters that you were with originally are like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while, it looks, I hear tell you've been up to some shenanigans, which instantly tells me that time has passed, like, not just a week or two, but time has passed because, of course, in the end, you're rocking and rolling with these characters right off, you know, hot and hot and heavy. And so I just, for whatever reason, thought for sure you were going to pick up basically right there, maybe like a week later or something. But uh-uh. it looks like Cal's grown. Cal's got some knowledge and some fights under his belt. So I can't wait to see what's developed and how it's all developed. And on top of it, they went ahead and teased you with finally dual wielding lightsabers. All sorts of really cool new actions and abilities. I'm sold. I love the original one. Had such a fantastic time with it. This one looks to be just 10 out of 10. Cannot wait to put my hands on it. Please just come out now. I want all these games to come out now so I can just play and be immersed in the world of video games. Well, you want to talk about sequels to games you love that you just want to put your hands on. I got two, saving the biggest one for last, but the most surprising one. To me, was when Jeff Keighley came out and he went, Hey, we got new stuff from Supergiant Games. And I went, oh, Supergiant Games. They made Bastion. They made Transistor. They made Pyre. They made Hades. Everything they make is a banger. Everything they make is gold. And then they revealed Hades 2. And my mind was blown again. As soon as I saw that isometric view, I got chills. I'm getting chills right now. I just looked it up. It's a sequel. It takes place after the events of the first game. Lots of tie-ins, lots of connections, but you don't need to know how the first game ended or anything like that. You're going after the Titan of Time. You're going after Kronos. I can't believe it. I absolutely loved Hades 1. I played it over and over and over and over again. Probably not as much as our buddy James, but I loved it. It was one of my games of the year that year. So to get a direct sequel so soon after... That first one. Now, it's, it's been a couple years, but you get what I'm saying. It's, it's video game time. They could have waited 10 years, and then, oh, we're going back to the world of Hades. I'm just, I couldn't believe it. I was stunned. This is how badass this game is, okay? Because it, it came out, and I told you, I've played Hades, fell off. I was like, I don't, I don't, I can't just keep dying and doing this over and over. Not for me. As soon as this trailer hit, I'm like, I got to get back on Hades. I need to go play Hades. I'm a, I'm a fool. I'm a fool. I got to go play that's how awesome this trailer was. It got me stoked to go back into Hades. So, of course, what did I do? I went back into Epic, went steam, you know, make sure Hades is up and dated and everything's ready to go. All right, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get some Hades in this weekend for sure. It's going to be great. So, yes, I agree with you. What a wonderful trailer. And just the game looks beautiful. 
James texted me the next day after he saw the news. He went, I want to get back into Hades again. And I went, yeah, I want to get back into Hades again, too. The only thing that makes me sad is that it's dropping in early access first, so it's still a ways out. But on their website, they do say it is in full production right now. So they are working hard on it. When it drops in early access, maybe this is the thing that's actually going to get me into early access to get this, see where it is, you know, get in the discords and vote on what I like and what I don't like. Oh, I'm just, woof, I'm pumped for it. And then another one, just like you, where it's on a, I have an intimate relationship with, and it's coming around again, Diablo 4, June 2023, this trailer hits, and I've already seen some of this, some of that, some of this, but after seeing this trailer, and then right afterwards, like some interviews and some more gameplay, sold. Just boom, I'm right back in it. All the hate. Screw you, Blizzard. You suck. Ah, you're not making games. You're taking 500 years to do things. I went, yep, all that's true, but I don't care because Diablo 4 is finally here and it looks absolutely gorgeous. They're returning to that very Diablo 2 gritty, down to earth look. They're going away from the Diablo 3, more like vibrant uh, Overwatch slash, you know, World of Warcraft look. Best move ever. Looks great. Then on top of it, they you know in the trailer they didn't tease this, but like I said, immediately following they had interviews and stuff, and they're like, oh, we're changing up the legendaries, and you're gonna have affixes, and you're gonna be able to take those affixes and apply them to different pieces of gear, but they're only gonna have like fifty percent. But sometimes because you're gonna get these different base stats, it's gonna equate to more. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the trading in this game is gonna be fantastic because you're gonna be able, and not only that, the affixes themselves used to be uh, stable, you know, it used to be just standard. Now they have ranges. So you'll maybe get this legendary, but you're gonna get a low end of that legendary. So you're gonna have to go farm for the high end of it while you u- utilize the lower end of it. Craziness. Just absolute craziness. They're gonna introduce, I'm sure, all sorts of new bosses to this one. Will you see Diablo again? Undoubtedly, yes. Somehow he will return, but for right now, you get Lilith in there, and then her husband, who was an angel. I don't know how that all is coming back about, but he's coming back, as we saw in the trailer. I'm super stoked to see that. Is he actually on our side? Because he wasn't before. Before they were doing their own thing, they were trying to create, a, you know, what what they wanted, the image they wanted, and then it, everything went to crap and got pooped on, and stuff happened. So I don't know where we're gonna land in this one, and who's gonna be our friend, ally, foe. Just stoked for it. Can't wait, Matt. Diablo 4, I'm going to be immersed in like 100%. All the things you just said, I don't know who's going to be friends, who's going to be foes, what's going on in this world, something you're going to be immersed in 100%. That all ties into my next game, which is the most, well, uh, it's one of the most hyped that I was, and that's Death Stranding 2. DS2, as soon as I saw the first scene I was like, that's Death Stranding 2. It has to be. You saw a bunch of weird looking stuff. There's some kind of like weird cult type stuff going on in here. And then you see Fragile, you see Lou, you see Sam, and it's just, what's happening? This, this again, is kind of like after us. Like, what is happening in this world? Because obviously some bad stuff's going to go down. Some freaky stuff's going to go down. One of the one of the text things that came across was like, should we have reconnected? What's going on? What 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 is happening in the world here. Is it going to go into the weird, dark, you know, beaches and bridges type of stuff? Or is that all disconnected and now it's more real world stuff? I have no idea what the story is going to be, where anything is going to go in this game, but I can't wait. I absolutely love the original Death Stranding. I mean, I told you, I went through and I built every single road. I built everything out. I did every single delivery. I love the original, but it makes me wonder what is the new one going to be? Is it, am I going to be going and tearing down roads? What's, what could it be? Is it, it, it can't be more of the same because everything's connected now, unless you're going off to different areas. But this is one of those games I, I can't wait to know more, but I'm going to have to go 100% media blackout. Other than the Game Awards trailers or, you know, big event trailers, I'm not looking into it. I'm not going to let anything get spoiled for me. I don't care. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. This is it. It's, I saw it. I'm hyped. The next time they show me an official trailer or something, I will watch it and I will I will just eat it up just like I did with Death Stranding 1. I can't wait to get back into that world. I mean, the existence of this got spoiled a little bit. I think Norman Reedus said on a talk show months and months ago that they were working on the second one. So it wasn't like a can't believe it moment like Hades 2 was. 
but I just can't wait for more. I loved that game. I want to know where this one's going. How's it going to be different? What kind of Kojima twist is he going to throw in there? Oh my God, it's going to be good. Mm-mm. Speaking of good, my last one for the night, Matt. I left it here. The biggest, the best. It better the be. must play. Final Fantasy 16, Matt. That's Ooh. not the one I thought you were going to go with, but I agree with you. No, I know which one you're talking about. I know. But for me, FF16, boy, gosh, bless. I was already sold. I was already in, in bed. I, I've already told you. I loved FF15. I've been in love with FF forever. So I'm buying it. I was there day one. But this revenge trailer at the Games Awards, they just went in it. They went in it. There is so much intrigue and craziness going on in this game. And the battle system looks just utterly fantastic. And the summoning system and how that's working out, just phenomenal. The characters in this seem real. They seem grounded. It isn't all your usual, like, yay, I'm the zany goofy ball. No, these people have been in war. These people have seen destitution. destitution. They've seen all sorts of crap. I can't wait. I'm so stoked. This trailer had me just sitting there and just rubbing my hands together, doing the old, oh, man, come on. Come on, Jude. Please, come on. I want to be in this game. The main characters all look very, very cool. And then the last part I'll say is based off everything they talked about and like all the different perspectives you get, I can see different points of view. And I love that in games when I can say, okay, yeah, this is the main character, but he's not necessarily like the only good person or the only only shining beacon or, or right person. They're showing you that other people's views aren't bad either. They're just not yours and therefore are going against what you want to do, which I love that because that's real life. That's what happens in real life. Just because you got a view doesn't mean it's particularly right, but since it's yours, it's god dang will is the right view because that's what you want. So when a game can pull this off, and assuming they do, which looks really good so far from these trailers, I can't wait. FF16 took it hands down for me. Just a big, almost meaty three-minute freaking trailer of just all sorts of goodness. Cannot wait to see this game come to fruition and play it myself. Speaking of games, I can't wait to come to fruition. This this technically should have been two or three on the list, but I figured you would have it on your list and you didn't, you son of a bitch. It's replaced. We finally got a new trailer yes. for replaced. And it looks even better than the last one did. I cannot believe how good this game looks. Now, granted, we haven't seen like actual gameplay. We haven't seen it in motion. But this looks like all the backgrounds of the old... And I'll say this, it'll sound wrong, but like old point-and-click adventure games. The backgrounds used to be so lush and so beautiful and so alive, and then your characters would be kind of derpity-derping around in front of it. But this looks like that background world came to life. It's all pixels, but the lighting is just freaking phenomenal. And every single scene in these trailers, it's shadowy, it's dark, it's cyberpunk, it's neon, it's... There's sunsets and sunrises. The lighting looks so good. There's that scene in the trailer where your character is fighting while gunshots are going off and the ambient lighting of the the muzzle flashes are lighting up the scene as he's kicking and punching and throwing down. I can't believe how good this game looks. I don't even care if it plays like garbage when it comes out. I don't care if there's no action whatsoever. Just looking at this game excites me. If the game is nothing but pretty graphics and good music, I will be playing it 100% to completion front to back. It looks phenomenal. It looks incredible. And it's that throwback to that. I mean, obviously it's probably not actually pixel art because of the way the light has to interact with it, but it's that throwback to those pixel art games. And this is the most beautiful pixel art in quote fingers I've ever seen in my entire life. It looks incredible. I... I can't wait for this to come out whenever the hell that is going to be. It's, well, I, I watched it right now while you were finishing up your talk about Final Fantasy 16 and just clicking through the different scenes. Every one of them blows my mind. I can't wait for this game. Maybe this is number one. Look at, look how excited I am for this damn game. I, I thought for sure you'd have replaced as either number two or one. And then, of course, as your number one, I thought it would be Armored Core or... Vice versa, replaced Armored Core. But I thought for sure you'd have those two. So I skipped by replace completely because I thought, oh, Matt's going to cover it. I want to steal it from him. But yes, you're right, Matt. Replaced. Oh, my God. That game is looking smooth. I can't wait. That's a day one purchase for sure. I, I don't even got to think about it. Especially since The Last Night is never going to come out. Mm-hmm. Which 
looked like this, but not quite as good as this looks now. So I'm done. That's over. I just, whew, I'm sweating. I'm tired. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what firm software brings with Armored Core. I think we're both in that boat because it isn't going to be obviously Elden Ring. They already had interviews that said it's going to be Armored Core. For me, I don't have a history with Armored Core. I know all about Armored Core, but I have never played them myself. So I'm interested to see what happens with it and would like to try it and maybe, you know, taste it, but I don't know. Yeah, I've I've played a couple of the old, old Armored Core games when it was more, not like sim, but like more sim-based and slower-paced action, and I really like that. But the most recent Armored Cores were all just bananas action. So I'm not sure what to make of this one. I will definitely check it out. This one I'll watch. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. definitely see more about it and see what it's going to be because I've always... I've always wanted to get into Armored Core, but I'm never sure how to do it. I've always been more of a front mission guy, but I'm interested in it. I'm interested to see what's going to happen. What's The CG trailer was the most beautiful CG yeah, I've ever crazy. seen in my life. Yeah, The CG trailer was looking dope, and it was just making me get all hyped. Like, yeah, I, I totally love Max. I can't wait to be in this. And I went, stop mm. it, Eric. You, you, know, you know, have never played an Armored Core in your life. What are you talking about? <laughs> stop it. <laughs> what about you out there at Podcast Listener Land? What have we said that has you just as hyped as we are? Or what did we miss? What am I missing out on? I know I, did, I didn't write down everything, so I know there's some hidden gems out there, but let us know what we missed, what you like. Send that to us via the email, thirdshiftme.gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. I almost gave the old email. Right. That ain't going to work out. Nope. But you can't over there to Facebook. We're still there. We're still popping, living the good life over there, chilling. And while you're over at Facebook, you can also go head over to Patreon. It's a little tip jar joint, you know, you know, like what we did. You like how the episode went? Hey, I'll throw these guys a few bucks. Boom. Look at that. Now you're you're getting all sorts of cool extra episodes, having a good time. You're helping us keep the lights on, pay all those people on the onlines that we need to pay to stay here. And we appreciate it so very much. But if you can't do that and you say, sorry, folks, just can't. You can give us five-star ratings on Spotify. You can give us five-star ratings on iTunes. You can throw in mailbag questions, giving us stuff to talk about, topics you want us to address, games you want us to know about, all that good stuff and fun stuff is great, makes us feel happy, makes you feel happy. It's a win-win for everybody. So I suggest and recommend you all get out there and do a little something-something. And what would also be a win-win is if you listen to the very next episode, which we'll be dropping on or around the 22nd of December. It'll be the Christmas episode, a little bit of Christmas cheer in your podcast listening ear. You can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services. Because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Indeed, we do appreciate it. Just like we appreciate those five-star reviews. It's Christmas time. Matt just said it. Get in there. Give us a present. Get us a little Christmas gift of some five-star reviews. It isn't that hard. It doesn't take that long. And it's a wonderful gift for your homeboys over here at Third Shift. It'll just really brighten up the Christmas season for us. And that's all I can tell you. Just go have a little, go have a little bit of cheer in you, and, and, and spread it to me and Matt. Come on, let's let's see it. And until that happens, there's nothing else to say. But don't, don't forget, forget to, to say yay. yay.